Hello, and welcome to another episode of Carry On Up The Misses. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you like it. So, tell us, Fiona, how did you like Carry On At Your Convenience? I enjoyed the film and mm-hmm. the storyline. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it had a whole lot of funny. Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually, I think this is possibly the least laughs that you've given I know. Uh, any of the films so far. But you see, you did enjoy it. I did. I mean, what I like, and I, I thought this would come up because we just had a historical one, was the reflection of modern society. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about things that obviously were prevalent at the time that they were doing stuff. So um, I thought that was very interesting, as well as, you know, the, the wonderful late 70s decor. Early 70s decor. Early 70s decor. Yeah. And, um... Just, <laughs> You're not in the late 70s yet. <laughs> the, the nod to, you know, fashion and all that kind of thing. I mm-hmm. just find that quite interesting. Um, and I liked a lot of the cast, even though a lot of the cast I thought were new. Yes, they were trying to kind of bring in a new generation of carriers on, conscious of the fact that the old guard were now getting on a bit. But why wasn't Babs in it? Don't know, maybe she wasn't available. Mm. I liked the the son. Richard O'Callaghan, who was yes. also in Carry On Loving. I don't remember him from... Oh yeah, of course he was. Yeah, he was, he was like the main character in Carry yeah. On Loving. But I liked him in this, I did mm-hmm. sort of note that. Um, I liked the fact Jane Sims was kind of sexy again. Yes. Um, though there's elements of it was a different time, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, you quite liked the, when the cast came up, you were quite hopeful about that. I yeah, think. yeah. Oh, and I liked um, the strike leader's mum. Well, Renee Houston. Yeah. As Agatha Spanner. I, I like Who we've that. actually seen before. Have we? Yes, back in Carry On Cabby, she was the, uh, she ran the canteen in Carry On uh. Cabby. Well, I thought this was quite similar to Carry On Cabby. Well, it's a workplace and film, isn't regardless, it? and mm-hmm. um, the other one we've just had what was that? loving, loving. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do, I do like these ones, um, but there was really only one thread of a storyline. No? Do you think? I think there was quite a few storylines here. As I suppose there was a few couplings. Yes. Well, there was. What do you think the storylines were? Well, they were striking. Yep, the work storyline. And I suppose the the son marrying Myrtle. Mm-hmm. Well, the and Vic also, Myrtle Lewis yeah. uh, threesome. Tri- love triangle. Mhm. Mhm. Sidden Hattie's clairvoyant budgie. Oh no, that's true. That mm-hmm. was quite funny. You loved the you loved the budgie. But scene, I, I think Sidden Hattie's clairvoyant budgie is the funniest thing. And, but and also. It's also quite dramatic because outside of the fun of the clairvoyant budgie is this quite convincing portrait of a marriage clearly in crisis and yeah. lack of communication. Um, where in fact, and the and the saddest thing about it is that initially you you think, oh, Kahati wants to get this budgie to speak, and Sid doesn't care. But then it turns out that Sid really wants the budgie to speak mm. too. What they really want is what the other one wants. Um, so I think that's I think that bit has got it all, and it's funny as well. Mm. So I love Sid and Hattie's clairvoyant budgie, which kind of links to Sid and Joan as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
I'm quite glad that they didn't get it on in the end. Well, it's, it's interesting that because that that scene when they come back from the works outing, um, and they they don't go into Joan's house together. We're not even caring that our character called Chloe here. We're just going to call her Joan. Um, and yeah, it's quite poignant that they don't get, even though they are essentially they would both be committing adultery. And yeah, Joan's husband isn't particularly nice, mm. but. Hattie's perfectly alright, really. She doesn't do the dishes very much. But yet, somehow, we kind of do feel a bit bad that they don't get together. Yeah. As Uh, you say, they're both in a sad situation, and it'd be mm -hmm. nice to see them happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's also the the whole... I know this kind of ties in with the strikes, etc., but the whole the business in trouble. Mm. uh, How dare we contemplate making B-Days? What that must be. These films are quite popular abroad. And people must just think, why are the British obsessed with B-Days? <laughs> Even now, you know, okay, we... we There's not many a new bathroom going in with a B-Day these oh, I'm days. I'm not sure. I think there's quite a few B-Days. I think B-Days are quite a thing now. I don't think so. Do you not think so? I'll have to Google that later. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, I know how to keep my feet clean, so what would I have to do with a B-Day? Well, exactly. <laughs> So, yes, um, and, and all of that kind of comes together in another joyous bit of carry-on, which is the, the outing to Brighton, which is also... Which you're planning to recreate this summer with me, aren't you? When we go to Brighton, uh, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to get a purple hat like uh, Charlie's and a cravat. You look like Quentin Crisp. I'll be fine. Brighton, they're all well, well, like we are Quentin there. Crisp in Brighton. We are there at the gay yeah. Pride weekend. Mm-hmm, that's right. You tell people when they can come and rob our house. That's great. It's all right. People are staying here when we're not here. Oh, are they? For the well, sake of the podcast. Now we're, all right. <laughs> they don't know where we live. We don't know our address on the podcast. I don't think we're now having, just having a conversation. Uh, I'm thinking we're getting a budgie. <laughs> we're not getting a budgie. But the thing about the budgie... Just to go back to it Unless for a minute. you can find a budgie that can predict the winners at the horses. Exactly. The thing about the budgie is, by the end of it, they're now both working at the factory, when surely, if the budgie can predict the winners of horse races, neither of them need to work ever again. Just because one, the nearest bookie, would dig well, his bets anymore. I think he was working because of Joan Sims, and she mm. was working because of Joan Sims. Because Sims. of Joan Sims, because he was working because of Joan Sims, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so there was quite a few storylines, I think. Well, we talk about the storylines. What did you think about... Uh, yeah, I can see in your eyes that you know, we don't want to go there. What? The whole um, workers' rights element of the storyline. Well, it was line. clearly taken to extreme here, where mm-hmm. he jumped on every opportunity to... Uh... Jumped on every injustice towards the workers, yes, as a union rep. No. He jumped on every opportunity. That whole thing about you can't get a, a waste pipe fitter to fit a tap and a tap fitter to fit a waste pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, but it was a combined unit. But there was, but, but uh, that was part of it. But like, the first the first point as well, and, and, and that too, the issue was there had been no consultation about it. It was just ordered that it was going to happen. When it was effectively, and you could see where it was going to end up going, was we don't need two guys to do this because there's only one fit in now. So you're redundant. You folk need to stand up for rights like that. I will take your silence as full agreement. Excellent. And 
on a historical context, it backfired on them because this was the least popular carry-on film released at the time. Because what they didn't realise was that their entire audience entirely supported unions, etc. Yeah. And did not think that they were just trying to uh, get so off So do you work, think this was just the, the, the posh uh, producers of TV who didn't really get... didn't think the same as their audience? Basically, yeah. Which is sort of the early 70s in a nutshell, mm. basically. Uh, said someone who didn't live through it. But I've read a lot of, read quite a bit about it. No, well. Uh, so we draw a veil over, the, yeah, over that, that so. bit then, okay. Because he was absolutely right in most cases. Uh, what did you think of Kenneth Cope, who was Vic Spanner, the uh, union rep? I didn't like the character, obviously, but because uh, I'm a blatant Tory. Um, <laughs> they walk among us. They walk among us, listeners. We might even be married to them. Once you're in that box, you can vote for anybody. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> but uh, Kenneth Cope. I didn't love him, but I didn't hate him. Did you recognise him? No. Might have been the massive moustache. It was true, obscuring him. Uh, the quite a big star in his day was in Randall and Hopkirk Deceased. I'd never seen that. Never seen that film. Never seen that series. Uh, it was remade with Rick and Bob quite recently. But he was also in, back then, and more recently, Coronation Street. What was he more recently? But the same character. Um, if you remember, Tony Gordon. Remember Tony Gordon, who eventually burned down the factory, married Carla... Has a, a favourite bridge. Has a favourite bridge, yes. yeah. If you remember, he had some dodgy property deals going on. Oh, and, you're and old, it now. An old man turned up who lived in one of his like slum properties and Tony Gordon tried to kill him, strangled him with knicker elastic and put him in the put him in the bin, but he actually survived. It's ringing a bell, but I wouldn't recognise okay, him. Okay, well, it was him, and he played the same character 50 years previously in Coronation Street. So that's why I wondered if you might have uh, recognised him. Um, okay. Uh, so, your laughs, which I counted four. Probably right. Mm, um, Bit of a lull in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I think it probably was all in the middle, wasn't it? I meant when I fell asleep. Oh, yeah, the point when you fell asleep. How could you fall asleep in this wonderful film? Um, first one was uh, Bill Maynard, who was Fred... Uh, Joan Sims's husband, um, describing her chest as two bald men trying to break out of jail. Not the first time you'll have heard that comment, I'm no, sure. No, I think that's why I laughed. It was fondness because mm-hmm. you use it all the time. Uh, and ne- right said Fred. And right said Fred, yeah. The right said Fred Appreciation Society. Um, next laugh was uh, Hattie says, we know Joey is a he-bird. And Sid says, cock. cock. Always love a cock. <laughs> <laughs> See, how can you say that and not laugh at all the times in this film when you were supposed to think that Charles Hawtrey was having it away with Mrs. Spanner, which he kind of was, mm. and, you know, how often are you getting it and all that kind of thing. See? Um, but interestingly, language language has definitely moved on now. There's bastards are being shouted all over the place. Crap! Crap! That's what Agatha Spanner kept saying. Yeah. And they did use the word toilet at last. <laughs> True. Oh, did they ever use the word toilet? Well, they must have. Oh, that's interesting, though, isn't it? At one point, they they spoke about when um, Charles Hawtrey. They did say urinal, so they must have said toilet. Uh. 
Uh, but when Charles Audrey said, let's go on the pier for a winkle, Kenneth Williams said, you can go through that door there, rather than going, you can go to the toilet in this hotel. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, when Bernie brought back uh, Vic's um, trousers that broke, split in half, he said, they'll come in useful if my legs ever have an argument and split up. And that got a laugh. I was, I must admit, I was surprised that that got a laugh. Um, trying to keep you on your toes. Yeah. And then, I forgot, I can't see what this says. Bernie took, oh yes, when they went into the cinema. When they came in, Bernie hit his head on the exercise yeah. and you didn't laugh. But when he went but out. When he went out, you did. But that's because he should have known by that point. <laughs> that he was going to hit the thing. Yeah. But, and so, was there any other bits that you remember? No. Thinking were funny? No. No. None. So it's not enough laughs to make it. It's not enough laughs. I don't mind that because it's it's a funny one. This because it's got these brilliant bits in it and it's got these rubbish bits in it Mm. too. Um, But I didn't find the budgie scene as funny as you obviously did. The budgie scene's brilliant. The budgie scenes are brilliant. Anything else to to add? Well, have we mentioned everyone in Carthage? No, not at all. Sid James as uh, Sid. He was, quite, he was quite a good... I love the way he always has his own name. Yeah, he's had his own name for ages. I know. Um, but this was a good character for him. It was a plenty of... Mm-hmm. And also not going after a woman who's far too young for him. Yeah, that is true. Can get away with Joan Sims, but not with uh, Barbara Windsor, I don't yeah. think. Uh, Kenneth Williams as W.C. Boggs. Do you see what they did there? Do you mm-hmm. see, what, see they what they did with there. his name? Yeah, but... Um, I didn't think there was enough to this for for Kenneth to really shine, but no. I think he did do it well. Mhm, mhm. Oh, okay, it was very much an autopilot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can think of the money yeah. for not very much, and he got to go on the out into Brighton. Uh, Charles Hawtrey as Charles Coot, the designer of Sanatoria. Well, I didn't find it funny, and I normally love no. it. No, is he? Is he? Wasn't a very was, funny part. But is he past to speak? didn't get a lot to do. No. But sometimes he, he just does it anyway. Mm-hmm. And and he just arrives and is... And he wasn't that... Well, I mean, there he, was potential course, for him to be camp and all that. Mm-hmm. But, of course, he didn't arrive. He was already in the scene. So, although they made up for it because he twice got to say, oh, hello, mm. it wasn't his first line. Yeah. I think that might be the first time that that's happened. Oh, really? Unless... Did he say, oh, hello, and sergeant? We have to go back and look to find out. We did remark that when he was when he was just in his boxer shorts, when he was playing strip rummy with uh, Renee Houston, mm-hmm. that when he was naked, his wig was even more obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and he also at one point had a very lovely um, identical uh, shirt and tie combo, and, and the, the big you, orange hat, the big purple hat. You lived in the seventies. Oh, the seventies were great. What about Sid and Hattie's decor of their house? I loved that. What, the pink walls and the grey doors? The pink, I thought the, the walls no, no, were as, like... As, oh, you mean the patterned wallpaper. Yeah. But as he walked from the front door into the okay. lounge, the, the hallway was pink walls with mm-hmm. grey doors. What, did that not go together? It, it was just very Seven of days. its time, yes. I loved it. But the, the, the wallpaper that sort of did that pattern. Yeah, I thought it was like, it was like a circuit board, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um... But because it wouldn't have been in the seventies. Well, maybe it would. 
I don't know. Because would a designer have spotted that and said we could put that on a wall? No, I don't think it was look close enough to no. the circuit board. Um, and did you notice that Joey, the budgie, once he'd started to make money, got a big fancy cage? Yes. <laughs> I like that. Um, I also liked um, Joan and Fred's uh, decor as well. They had a very mustard kitchen. Yes. That was very I must serious. admit, I was a bit distracted by the, the decor at that point. Uh-huh. Thinking, oh god, that's like what my parents' house was like when I was. <laughs> born. See, I mean, see, I must say, I'm gonna big up my parents because their house, they they moved out of the seventies very quickly. Yeah, but you said this was early seventies. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well. Oh, but by the time I was born. Yeah, it wasn't the early seventies anymore. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and if you remember it, it must be even later, unless you just remember it from photographs. I think I remember it from photographs, uh, to be honest. I had relatives whose houses were decorated like yeah. that into the into the 80s um and of course these houses were of course in the same oh yes housing same estate ha- that we've been watching since carry on constable yeah now very much established um joan sims then as uh, chloe moore i liked her yeah i liked her too i thought she was really likable uh, and she was funny doing the banter yes a few, uh, it was a different time moments. Oh, slapping her ass, and then yes. all she said was saucy. Oh, saucy, and so did Maudie as well. I know, as if it's just something you'll have to accept is uh-huh. being slapped on the ass. Um, Hattie Jakes, as uh, she did get a name, Beatty. Beatty Plummer must have been her name. Mm. She was good. Mm-hmm. Never, sure. never shared a scene with her daughter, if you know. I know. <laughs> she was good. Sort of uh, quite like the Hattie and the Sykes series, a bit sort of naive, let's say. Uh, Bernard Breslau as Bernie Lug. Another autopilot performance, I yes. thought. He was quite bald, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. Has he always been bald? No, well, no, he hasn't been bald in the films. I don't know if he was always bald. Right. But yes, he was now very bald. I mean, the hat. Hat was off. Hats were off. It was only when he was in the cinema. Yeah. That he had the hat off. He was. I don't think he was bald in camping. No, I and think he wasn't bald in loving. But that must have been a wig. Mm. He was the wrestler guy. Um, I don't know if he became bald. Mm. He he wore a hat all the way through uh, the second Christmas special. Mm. So yeah. So uh, Kenneth Cope we've spoken about as uh, Vic Spanner. Patsy Rollins. Oh, this she weathering. was brilliant. Patsy Rollins is the female Peter Butterworth. Yeah. She is great value in any scene. Um, it's a shame that she has literally, apart from when she was the beheaded queen in Henry, she always plays... Downtrodden secretary. Who loves Kenneth Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, she was very... That, that, the, scene, the picture we've got here is in, that, in the very first scene yeah. when she was testing out the toilet, and she was... Just superb in yeah. that. Just superb in that. She was also, I thought, very good in the scene the morning after the... Yes, because that was outing. a different side to her. Yeah, when it wasn't clear. I mean, in fact, it, it's never, it was never made clear no. whether they did it or not, having Kenneth Williams. Um, an interesting bit there, I mean, we often, when we're watching these films, turn to each other and say, you know, he could be talking about his penis there, you know, when you thought, yeah. over-explain a joke. And they kind of did that with shellfish i've heard they do funny things in a sex way but yeah we got that it was in a sex way but they would over explain the joke there too. yeah but i i didn't because i thought 
Am I wrong in this that she was meaning it was an aphrodisiac? Yeah, that's what she was meaning. That was what and she then, was meaning. But then he said, "Let's watch." Yes. 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 I thought that was necessary because if he hadn't said, "Let's watch," you wouldn't have got that extra layer of funny. Oh, okay. I just think it was funny that they would do the over explanation though, even to serve as another joke. Oh. Uh, just to remark, just to remark upon it. Okay. Um, Jackie Piper as Myrtle Plummer. Oh, d- vanilla for me. Mm-hmm. She was another one that was being brought in to try and yeah, right. be the next generation because she was in loving as well. I read a story in the local paper um, about a woman who was accosted in a ghost train by while she was there with a man that she was interested in by another man who presented her with a marriage certificate that he got without consulting her, and of course she phoned the police and, and the man was in court. No, no, what I said was she went and married him anyway. It is ridiculous, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's Especially after ridiculous. one or two days. I mean, obviously, she was a bit more... She was more... I couldn't possibly do any of that without being married. Mm-hmm. But that didn't suggest that she would be prepared to be married. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean you must marry me. Yeah, so... And they'd only been out on one date. Which say. hadn't even hadn't gone that well. He'd taken a dirty film, which was quite funny with... Harry Tove as the uh, the presenter of that film, um, and then to uh to the whip it in because yeah. been talking about his penis. But why why did the, she he take her to a restaurant where the women were dressed up as bunny as Playboy bunnies? Because it was a different time, Fiona, and women were expected just to put up with that kind of thing rather than going eh, not appropriate. Mm. You don't realise how good you had it living in the early twenty first century. You could have been if you'd been born in nineteen. 19- 50-odd, this is the kind of thing you have to put up with. Oh, there's still plenty more I have to put up with. <laughs> well, you've never bought me a clairvoyant budgie, so until you do, you can expect. Um, uh, we've spoken about Richard O'Callaghan. You like Richard O'Callaghan. Did you like the character? He's a horrible character, I thought. Oh, I quite wanted him to win for some reason. Don't look at me like that. I'm looking at you. I totally agree with uh, Vic Spanner on him. Here he goes, silver spoon in the mouth. Aye, because that's your your inverted snob. Prejudging before getting to know the bloke. Yeah, then I got to know him and, you know, he accosted a woman on a ghost train and arranged their marriage without telling her. Sounds like a nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Got his his blooming... um, Jumper caught up in the telephone line, for goodness sake. What a wally. Um, anyway. I haven't uh, had the phrase wally in a while. <laughs> I had to change the word I was going to use. What, in case any kids are listening? Okay, yeah. Well, it does say explicit on our podcast, so they shouldn't be. <laughs> Put the kids to bed, it's time to hot up now, <laughs> as, as Frankie Howard would say. Right, who's next? <laughs> Let's get this over with, come on. Um, Bill Maynard as Fred Moore. I didn't take to him. You weren't meant to. But, yeah, even as an actor, I didn't think there was much to his part. I thought it was a very nice touch in his part was that his shirt was too tight. <laughs> you like that? I like that, because you know, he'd heard about him when Sid and Joan were discussing him, and then when you saw him, it was like, that's perfect, that his yeah. shirt should just be a little bit too tight. Uh, Renee Houston, who you said well, you liked, yes, as, as Agatha Spano. The legendary Marianne Stone as Maudie. There wasn't much of her, but... There's I, more of her than we've had in any other carry-on film. But I, yeah, I thought, well, obviously you're setting it up that I meant to love her, but yeah, I thought she was good. 
Margaret Nolan played uh, Bernie's love interest on the... Well, she was very sexy. I wonder if you could tell what her name was. was her name was never actually mentioned in the film. Okay. It was a different time. And she was credited as Popsy. <laughs> different times. She was very sexy, you thought? Yes. In what way? <laughs> in the way that... She was dressed. Mm-hmm. And her hot pants. Hot, hot pants. pants jumpsuit. Yes. Thing. Yeah. And the way that she was, you know, flirtatious and that. Mm-hmm. Do you know that, we have actually seen her before, but um, do you know that she, and I might have mentioned this before, she is um, the body over which the um, titles are projected in Goldfinger, painted gold. Yeah. So the carry-on films have both the actress who plays the woman who is painted gold, in Shirley Eaton, and the actress whose body was painted gold for the publicity for Goldfinger in Margaret Nolan. She's also in Goldfinger too, I think. There we go. Uh, Jeffrey Hughes as... Why is he under this? Because he's Jeffrey it. Hughes from Coronation Street and that. He's world famous and he was Onslow and even appearances. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Amelia Baintum, who we've seen quite a few times now, was the next door neighbour. She just shouted out the window. She, that's not worth mentioning. <laughs> worth mentioning. Uh, I just I like her though. She's been very good in all her things, in all her appearances. And Julian Holloway as other man in the Pippin. He has one sentence. I'm not going to comment. He appears to be wearing the same costume that he was wearing in Carry On Loving. Death sweep time. Oh. Who lives? Who's dead? Um. Who's who are those that I meant to know? Well, I think he lives. Richard Callahan alive. And she, Popsy. Margaret Nolan. Alive. Uh, huh? Jackie Piper? Alive. I think that's all I'm going to go with. Well, Julie Holloway is still alive. Alright. And Kenneth Cope is still alive. Since he was only in Coronation Street not long ago. All the rest are deed. Yes. So, do we have any more that we want to talk about? There's a picture of a queen in the workplace. No, it doesn't surprise me. You got a picture of a queen in your workplace? No, but this isn't the 70s. <laughs> no, an actual civil servant. We have got a picture of a queen in our workplace. Um, Sidden Hats. House Deco have done that. Um, I know women. They might have... When they can't have the prime beef that they've got at home... They'll have any old bit of scrag end. That's women. It was a different time. Yes. Yes. Um, when uh, Bernie drove off on the motorbike and ripped off uh, Vic's trousers, mm-hmm. Vic was obviously embarrassed about this and then proceeded to walk down the middle of the road in a very I strange know. manner. Throwing <laughs> all sorts of attention to himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, the great horse name, the Woozer. Why is that funny? I loved it, the Woozer. I thought it was funny. I also like the man in space as a pub. Yeah, well, that's a real pub. I presume it must have been. Um, something about. Oh yes, uh, an Arab king. The Arab sheikh. Uh, he must uh, have one thousand wives. And on a certain day, he visits them all. 
And the implication being that he was going to have sex with them all in a single day. Um, you try to work out how long each, how how many minutes in twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, how little time you spend, given that he's got to use a B day in between every one, which was the point of him ordering a thousand B days. Uh, Kenneth Williams signed that contract with a quill, dipped into a toilet. That, well, that was funny, but it was like a quill. It didn't be a quill. It's a pen would have done. Um, but then they couldn't have had the toilet gag. No, well, you could still have a fountain pen. That he dipped into a toilet? Yeah. Oh, I see. The woozer. Just going to say the woozer again. The place is full of something. <laughs> see, none of those are words. <laughs> so it says the place is full of something. Anyway. Space. Um, yeah. The place is full of space. Don't know what that is about. Probably the factory has got a whole lot of open space in it. Yeah, could be. Anyway. Could be. Anyway, anyway, so, uh, carry on at your convenience. Marks out of ten? Oh, I mean, four. Four? You quite liked it, but it wasn't funny. That's mm-hmm. what I was getting from it. Well, if you quite liked it, but thought it wasn't funny, but thought of anything that we didn't discuss, or want to agree or disagree with us, uh, please feel free to get in contact with us. You can contact us at carryonpodcast at gmail or by tweeting us at carryonpodcast. So the last question is, do we carry on? Yeah, of course we do. Hurrah! In that case, join us next time when we carry on up the missus. Bye! Bye! Carry on! Carry on!